Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right. Western Conference semifinals. Suns, Nuggets, Game 1. Downtown Phoenix, Arizona, once again, was rocking, as Dave King said uh, via Twitter, dare I say it's a madhouse? Because that's what the, the the fans brought tonight was a madhouse type of atmosphere and got behind those Suns when they were down 10 points in the third quarter, assisted them, led them to victory, and the Suns walk away with a 17-point victory in Game 1. Welcome to the Suns Solar Panel and the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John, a.k.a. Darth Voida. I'm joined by Matthew Lissy and Espo. Gents, how are we feeling tonight? Ahoy, ahoy. Doing great. Could you, could you feel any better? <laughs> oh, I mean, pretty, yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I was telling you guys before we came on, like I was stomping and yelling. Like when Tory Craig had that dunk on the alley, yeah. I started stomping and yelling. My dogs just started barking at me, and I can only assume. They were saying "Let's go, Suns!" or "Shut the fuck up." So it's one of the two, but it was oh. you know I'm gonna yeah it's probably both at the same time. So, <laughs> but w- what a fantastic game! Plenty to dissect because we saw kind of you know game one is a feel them out game. See what the opposition's going to provide relative to defensive sets. How the Suns are going to try to attack those, and vice versa. We have a preview of how the series might potentially play out. We just you know lifted by that amazing crowd. At Phoenix Suns Arena tonight, the Suns went on a, you know, hit 17 to 22 shots and pulled away. Don't expect every game in this series, I think, to be a blowout. You know, this I is, think that's it's, safe to say. You know, I mean, <laughs> we definitely saw in the first half what this series could be. Uh, but it's nice as a Suns fan's last three playoff games, we've won by what, 30, 14, and now 17. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is just been, absolutely fantastic. They're they're feeling it, and this is the offense we saw earlier in the year, and that's uh, that's what we were hoping would show up in the playoffs, and and it's here now. It's here, it's rocking, and so are we. So, uh, before we get into the show, I just want to remind everybody to go ahead and subscribe. Whether you're watching on the Sun Solar Panel or you're watching on the Suns Jam Session Podcast YouTube feeds, hit the subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, and if you want to become an elite jamster or a flaming baller, hit the join button as well. Uh, the more times you do that, the more opportunities you can buy tickets for Matthew Espo and I, so we can go to these games and come to you live from the sidelines <laughs> right after. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. I'm at Darth Voida. He's Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. Yeah. And Espo is at Espo. Pretty too easy. easy. Too easy. One of those four letter <laughs> words. It's fantastic. The best four letter word out there. So yeah, on that, one of them. One of them. One of them. <laughs> on that note, is anybody cracking a beer with me tonight, or am I just? So I got one. I'd actually Matthew, do that one. Paul Lissy. I'm. Proud it might of be you. a prop. It might be a prop. But okay. All right, Invisalign. All right. Well, what, let, let's see the prop. What are you <laughs> drinking tonight? Oh, a, a, a Four Peaks Sunbrew. Sunbrew. Sunbrew, sorry. Sunburst. There you go. <laughs> I've got a Four Peaks Wow Wheat, my last one. All right. And Espo. Perfect. I've got absolutely nothing for you. I apologize. <laughs> the fridge right. is bare. Oh, no. We got we to change that. See, that's why you have to become a flaming baller by clicking join so we can get a, a beer in Espo's hand. Yes, but on that note, do. everybody, crack them if you got them. And... <laughs> And let's go, sons. And here's a new song brought to you by Zanezor. I want to hear you scream Yeah. 
all right, that gets me jacked up. I'm ready to go. And then I see this game, and I'm even more <laughs> ready good. to go. And then it happens. The Suns come out and beat the Denver Nuggets by a final score of 122 to 105. Espo, what's your just kind of initial takeaway from game one? And then we'll delve even deeper. Well, look, the backcourt's going to be the the difference maker in this series, and we saw it at when CP3 decided it was time to take over. The Suns took over the game in and of itself. the The backcourt is going to push, is going to want to being what pushes the pace and controls the offense for the Suns team in this series. And you know, we we talked about it. Tory Craig will be a key. He played fantastic in Game One. But props to the two young guys, Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, who came out and did everything and more that they needed him to. DeAndre went toe-to-toe with the Joker, and Datman uh, wound up uh, up basically nullifying anything that that Nikola Jokic did. And the Mikhail Bridges on the defensive side was fantastic, as always. On the offensive side was spectacular. This was peak Suns, even without Devin Booker playing his best game, you saw this offense hit the level that we thought they could in that second half. And and that third quarter was kind of like where you tell the kid, hey, you're not going to get dessert if you don't finish your food. And all of a sudden, bam, they uh, <laughs> they finish that food real Perfect. quick because they know they know the end is near and something nice is uh, is on the way. And uh, hey, they uh, they figured they figured it out and they got it done. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. And the real NBA Coach of the Year winner led the Suns to victory tonight. All right. Whatever happened with the voting was BS. He is the real Coach of the Year. Um, but, you know, these series, these games, every other series is a bunch of blowout games. So I thought this game was actually going to be close. And as fun as that is, it's a very nerve wracking course for Suns fans. And the Suns did what they wanted to do in the fourth quarter. They pulled away. Chris Paul looked like old Chris Paul this season. That is the best takeaway I have from this game. He absolutely looks marvelous, dude. And he is back to prime, prime A, dude. He is exactly the guy that began the season and led us to a the second best record in the West. His jump shots back, the three-pointer. His defense, too, where he's pulling the chair away from everybody and doing what he wanted to do against Austin Rivers to, to get the steal. It's stuff like that. It's just it led one thing after another, which is a perfect game. Yeah, I think, you know, in its totality, this game, you saw so many different facets of the Suns and how they're going to have to attack this team and, and the defense that the Denver Nuggets were going to deploy. And, you know, I'll get into that here in a little bit. But again, you know, the the atmosphere again in downtown Phoenix was fantastic. Joining us live from the arena, Saul, how, how was it in there today, man? I mean, you guys were loud. Dude, it was nuts. Like, I don't I've never been a part of anything like that before in my life it was just so crazy when cp3 hit the three i thought oh my god it can't get any louder than this and then the alley-oop holy crap i was in a suite i almost jumped out of the suite and like broke everything i had in my body i was so it was so freaking awesome awesome. saul is now in the holding cell in the basement of the arena (laughs) barely got a little too rowdy out there yeah. No, I, you know, last time I didn't have great reception, so I once I had four bars on my phone, I was like, "Oh, let me stop. Let me tell you guys exactly what it felt like in that arena." Dude, Suns fans, I think they understand. The more and more they show up, and the louder they get, this team absolutely feeds on it, and it's just great to see. Yeah, when you have a young team like the Phoenix Suns, and they have that home court advantage, and you have a team or a fan base that's uh, we we are basketball town, and, and you know those who are tuning in and watching on YouTube live with us, or, or if you're listening on the podcast tomorrow, like, you know, you're, you're a true fan. And the way that everybody gets loud in that arena is something that Matthew and I experienced in game five against the Lakers. And it looked like it was even more bonkers tonight. And when the Suns were down 10, you know, I, I think a lot of Suns fans got that kind of feeling like we keep fighting back. We're continuing to try to uh, force the issue. We're, we're trying to do some of those things that are, are, detrimental to our success uh you know taking some of those threes those untimely threes not having the ability to execute on the offensive end and then all of a sudden Mikhail Bridges holds the offense together just long enough in the third quarter for the rest of the team to kind of catch up 
And next thing you know, the Suns put on a 16-0 run. They make 17 of 22 consecutive shots. And I'm literally, my wife walks away, and she comes back, and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, uh, we're going to the fourth quarter. Suns are up 15. She's like, they, they were just down 10. I'm like, How many times has that happened to you this season, right? That's the that's Phoenix Suns. The, my yeah, dad the told Suns, me. Man. It's what I told him. I go, that's the Phoenix Suns. Resiliency, the ability to score uh, from you know inside the arc is what makes this team special. Is They're not a team that's going to sit there and just try to pump threes all night long. If the three ball's there, fantastic. We saw that against the Lakers in the last two games. But in a game tonight when the three ball wasn't necessarily falling, where they were shooting about a 33% clip at one point, like, let's just start you know attacking the interior. And hitting the mid-range shot and doing all these things that are going to allow us to at least keep, you know, stay in the game. And then conversely, you see Denver try to go ahead and do that same thing. They start shooting the threes and not making them. That's the one thing that I would, I, I really wanted to see tonight. Um, Da, and for those of you who couldn't see on TV, Da had Composo on him three different times, and they didn't even look his way. And this was in the third quarter when the Nuggets were mm-hmm. making their run. Again, I've been saying all postseason, like. Sometimes you just got to let D.A. calm the offense down and give him some easy buckets down low um, in order to kind of pace this team. But luckily, Mikkel Bridges and company stepped up. Y'all, it's been fun. I'm going to get out of here. I just wanted to pipe in. All right. Well, how was, Jimmy, how was Jimmy Eat World? Was it good? <laughs> uh, dude, I, first of all, wrong demographic to talk about Jimmy Eat okay. World. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's all ask right. the important question. Ask. How, how was it hanging out? With Guy Fieri, because uh, you know we we assume you got to spend some time with uh, with Guy since he was out not. there. I did not. No. I was up there. Right. I, I was in the upper back. I was in the suite. Sorry, guys. You, you disappoint me. Right. Go go away now, Saul. See you guys. Bye. Take care, Saul. Thanks for stopping in, man. It's Flavor Town in Phoenix with a PH, boys. You know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Saul, for stopping in. You can follow him, Saul underscore Bookman on Twitter. Uh, Glad that he got to experience that and be a part of what went down there tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention something that Matthew kind of mentioned. I'm going to mention something he mentioned. I'm going to reference something he mentioned. You know, this game started with the news prior to, you know, by, probably about an hour prior to tip off that Monty didn't win coach of the year as voted on by the media. Now he did win the coaches and players coach of the year voting. Uh, do you think at any point this was a, a fuel for the sun's fire or do they not need those kind of headlines to get up for games like this? I can't imagine that they need those headlines at, at, at this point. This is a team that seems to to fuel itself without that additional stuff. The craziest thing about that, uh, about the coach of the year, is Monty Williams had the most first-place votes. Yes. He had 45 first-place votes, and Thibodeau had 43. It was the back half people not putting him in second in a handful of ballots that was the difference. It's the stupidest, stupidest thing in the world. If if you're voted the most first place votes, you should be the damn award winner. I don't understand it. And honestly, a lot of people were saying, "Well, it's Chris Paul." I think you know that hurt him in a way, just because he was a he was a big leader on the court and in the locker room too. But that's just BS because I mean, the way Phoenix was before he got here, Monty even last season was terrible. We even noticed a change last season with him without Chris Paul. So he deserves almost all the credit for what he's done here. And like you said, they don't need this this vote to not go their way to give them the momentum to go into this game and do something about it. They. They already have a chip on their shoulder. Monty doesn't let them rest for one second. That's what makes him the coach of the year, man. I mean, going into the playoffs, no one's really needed a reason. He just makes them play team basketball and to play their best basketball out there every night, every game. Um, Now, I'll tell you this, you know, in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? No. And everybody will sit there and be like, you know what? We're not focused on coach of the year. We're focused on NBA championship. But when you look back, and so much of us have, and especially during the pandemic, when we were doing podcasts about pretty much nothing because there was nothing <laughs> to cover for you know eight yes. months, but we still put out like three a week. We would go back and you, and you look at some of the historical numbers and you know players and coaches and what they've done. And that does matter in the grand scheme of things. When you're looking at Hall of Fame guys and guys who get in, you'll, you'll, you'll sit there as well, you know, that coach was, uh, he had X amount of record. He made X amount of playoff appearances. He won the coach of the year X amount of times. And, you know, Monty, again, he gets it from the players and the coaches. So the guys who know the league are like, yeah, he's the best head coach. That's the disadvantage of some of the media guys. You know, we know that. Uh, I forget who it is, uh, Espo or Matthew, maybe you can correct me. The, the guy who voted for Rudy Gobert number two overall in the MVP. Uh, Where's Dave? He knows this kind of I'm, shit. I'm, I don't I'm know. Blanking. But, some, no but, somebody, but somebody did it. You know, like there's always that, you know, there's those guys in the media who just like for their own personal, you know, 
agendas have to vote awkwardly. And that's what a lot of people did is they voted awkwardly because they didn't put Monty number two. They were like, well, you know, the jazz had the best record. So, you know, my rule that I always have is whoever has the best record is either the top coach or the second top coach. And therefore it costs Monty uh, a coach of the year nod that is going to go on his basketball reference page. And again, those things are important relative to that, you know, in the moment. No, it doesn't matter. The Suns don't need to get up for a game uh, to, to kind of defend their plighted coach. That's not how this team is built. They're they're built in every aspect of the word team. Like I can't say it more uh, definitively than that. They are a team. You look at how this game started, and for the first three quarters, it was frustrating because the Denver Nuggets started each quarter uh, on runs. They had a 12-4 run to start the game. They had a 10-3 run to start the second and a 12-3 run to start Q3. And, you know, is that something that we should be concerned about moving forward, or is that just you know kind of the Suns catching their footing? Well, I'll, first, I'll go ahead this well. I just want to say, when it comes to Coach of the Year and and all that and the basketball reference pages, what really is going to matter is you're going to see Tibbs is home right now, and Monty Williams just won his first game in the semi-final round, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Tibbs can enjoy his trophy yes. while he's not doing jack yes. for the next two months. And hopefully Monty's coaching well into July and none of this matters a month from now. So, you know what? Congratulations, Tibbs. Enjoy your trophy. Monty <laughs> Williams has got more to do. All right. So Dave King has joined the podcast. Dave, we just talked to Saul, I think, from the holding cell underneath the arena because <laughs> he got a little too crazy in the suites, I guess, tonight. Oh, uh, nice. we, we welcome you. How was the uh, the feel inside that arena? And what do you think about Monty Williams not getting coach of the year? All right, That's well, where we're you, at in the you, podcast. You've probably already heard from Saul that it was crazy in here, unless he's been in the holding cell the entire game. <laughs> I have not heard this crowd this loud since they were probably the madhouse on McDowell. I mean, that is just crazy. Now, I'm probably selling short the, the seven seconds or less crowds, uh, maybe even the late Barkley crowds. That's fine, whatever. But this this place was nuts. It was absolutely exploding in here. I, I definitely haven't heard anything like this since, the, um, since you know, Steve Nash left. This is just incredible. As far as Monty not winning, winning Coach of the Year, I love the way he took it. About 10 minutes after the new announcement came out, he did his pregame press conference. He spent the whole time going, you know what? Hey, I'm just happy to be there. I'm just happy to be in the conversation. That's great. It doesn't really bother me, you know? He already won. His coaches already voted him coach of the year. His own, his, his own peers already voted him coach of the year. Who cares what the freaking media thinks? I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not always proud to be part of the media. And this is one of those days where I'm not proud. You know, you could do an analysis on the time zones of the voters. You could do an analysis of the age of the voters. And Monty even said, look, I don't, I don't fit the profile of a coach of the year. I don't know what he quite meant by that because uh, he was saying, well, I wasn't a form, you know, I wasn't a point guard as a former player. I don't know what you're talking about, Monty, but I think he just meant that he, he's not a guy who's, who's been deserving for a while and guys who haven't been deserving for a while or don't have that rep, don't get the votes from media, I guess. I don't know. So it doesn't bother me. He is coaching in the, uh, just as Espo said, he's coaching in the second round of the playoffs and the other guy is not. Hey, look, look, I remember those years of Tom Thibodeau leading those amazing offenses as a point guard. So I, I get what Monty's, <laughs> Monty's saying. With That's that. why I didn't quite understand his answer, but, you know, he was going down the road. <laughs> and, and, and don't worry, Dave, the media feels the same way about you being part of it as you being part of the media. Uh, so. Hey, I would, too, if I was them. <laughs> we got some Logan Paul, uh, Dave, Mayweather stuff going on here. <laughs> <laughs> really lame punches, yes. No, I'm good. Dave, what a when you when you looked at it, what what surprised you the most, uh, or what was uh, most important to the Suns having that turnaround? I mean, they were down ten to the you Nuggets. Know what You're was there the most the important to the turnaround? It was so obvious. Right when they got down nine, ten points, I tweeted, "Hey, I'd like the Suns to play better." And you know what? They'd started doing it. I, like, I, I did the reverse Dave. jinx. It was hashtag Dave. analysis. Hashtag analysis. Thank you. You saw the tweet. Yes, I that did. was it. Hashtag analysis. And you know what? They went on the 16-0 run that turned into, I don't know, felt like a 100-0 run. Nikola Jokic was frustrated. DeAndre Ayton was floating around on that court like a yeah. like a, a, a 
sing like a butterfly, float like a bee, whatever it is. I don't know. I got it backwards. Yeah, something you know, like that. Aiden's whatever he wants to be out there. Yeah, that, that was such a great game. Mikel Bridges, I was they what they did in the second half is they switched Aaron Gordon on to Devin Booker. They put Austin Rivers on to Chris Paul primary, unless they were switching. But that what that meant is they stuck Campazo on Mikel Bridges. And guess what? Mikel Bridges explodes for an awesome second half. So the Suns are making the right reads and they're making the right adjustments based on what Denver can do. Denver's got limitations there. And you know what? Denver's going to make new adjustments next game. And um, Espo and I are going to be talking to actually the uh, the lead of Denver Stips tonight um, on, a, on, a, on a post post game podcast where we're going to talk about each side's um, adjustments going into game two. Because as Monty said just now in his post game press conference, every game is a different animal. We saw it in the Lakers series. Hopefully not injury related. Hopefully just play and adjustments related. And now we're going to see it. Uh, now we're going to see it in the in the next um, next game. It'll look totally different than this one did. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how, but I feel like the Suns are in a good position to make adjustments. Mike Malone's a pretty darn good coach too, so he's going to make his own adjustments. Well, very importantly, how was Jimmy Eat World at halftime? <laughs> you know what, man? I am in that age range where I was mouthing the words. So, yes. so, so it was good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they were pretty good. I'm also one of those old old timers who goes, yeah, I like the recorded version better. You know, oh. they, <laughs> yeah. these guys always do different inflections live. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, of course, uh. I know he's, he's, he's sung that song probably uh, 1,500 times, and, and he's got to make some changes to it. And I was sitting there going, I'd rather you do the old version. But I do. Uh, I, I did like it. It was fun. Good. Uh, Dave, do you, got, do you got a stat for us? You want to stat me at all? I got to right. Oh, all God, right. man. Right. Yeah, on, go ahead. On. Go ahead. Let me hit it. Dang, me. <laughs> the Suns were down nine, and uh, they called a timeout and, and went on a 16-0 run to uh, just take, take a 79-72 lead. And then going into the fourth quarter after, after losing the first, second, and third quarters coming out of the gate, going down by eight each freaking time, eight or ten yeah. each freaking time, Chris Paul comes out and says, not tonight, not in the fourth quarter. I'm Chris Paul. You might have forgotten who I am, but I'm Chris Paul. And he came out there, and the sun just blew the doors off him and went out by 18 before De- uh, Denver knew what happened. That's a, that's a decent stat. I got another stat for you. Okay. That was decent. Like, all right. So Stat-y it starts Darth. off. It starts with. Watch 2021. So here's a stat for you. DeAndre Ayton, who ended the night with a total of 20 points, 10 rebounds on nine for 13 shooting. He had nine field goal attempts in the first half. There's 29 games this season where he had nine or less field goal attempts the entire game. Boom, you've been statted. DeAndre Ayton was fantastic in this game. You know, they were mentioning it on the broadcast, which was a rough broadcast to watch. Uh, it was Reggie Miller and who was with him? Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan. You didn't like Kevin, it? No, because Kevin Harlan was like, oh, look at Bridges. He reminds me of Patrick Peterson who plays here in the Valley. It's like, no, <laughs> we tra- he, he, play, he plays for Minnesota. Oh. He lost me right there. You hey. lost me right oh. there, dude. Didn't That's recent, roster. though, man. Don't like care. Reggie, Reggie Miller repeating himself every, every yes. two seconds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not the greatest of uh, broadcasts overall. But one thing was it on did... Valley Sports though, or no? no? No, I didn't see it on oh, Rally okay. the Valley oh, Valley right. with a chick it, named Sally. I didn't see it, it there. It's only it's only a national the rest of the way. Oh, okay. First, first round is the only round that the local. You guys, you guys, if you if you weren't in here, I guess you guys weren't here. But man, that when Devin Booker struck the pose. Oh yes. Yes. This stadium throw? went crazy. As well it should. Just pandemonium. This is the new Madhouse. It's the Madhouse on Jefferson. Doesn't rhyme as well. So maybe it's the Jam House on Jefferson. Oh, the Jam House on <laughs> Jefferson, dude. Now, okay. Now, now you're just shirt. naming it after other podcasts. Way to go, Dave. It couldn't be the, the panel on uh, uh, on Jefferson. No? All right, fine. The panel on Third Street? Like, eh, we're trying. <laughs> we can call it the, the, the Jam House the jam on house. Jefferson. Now it's I got to make another shirt. Uh, but De- DeAndre Ayton, you know, one thing that Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller got right in this game was – the performance that he put forth was essentially a wash with the MVP. 
You know, you look yep. at Jokic overall, 22 points, 10 for 23 mm-hmm. shooting. So 23, 22 points on 23 shots. He had nine rebounds and only three assists in this game. Had a couple steals, had three blocks in this game. He was uh, getting really could, frustrated. He was. He wasn't getting his foul calls. Exactly. And you know what? I look back and, and everyone thinks that uh, Jokic draws a ton of fouls. You know what? Denver is almost as bad as the Suns at drawing fouls. They were like 27th in the league and the Suns are 28th. And Jokic only averages five and a half free throws a game. Yeah, that's twice mm-hmm. what DA gets, but it's less than Devin Booker gets. So he doesn't get a ton of foul calls because he, he just moves his bulk so deliberately. It looks like he's just going where he wanted to go in the first place. So um, he was getting really frustrated. But you know what? He's getting frustrated with his own misses and the Suns swarming defense. They did a really good job in the second half. Yeah, DA did such a good job at just keeping a distance too on defense from Jokic, like not being too up on him and just, you know, keeping the arms up and his feet moving. That was the best thing about DA tonight, I thought, just his defense on Jokic. Him finishing at the rim was perfect. I mean, getting the end ones was nice, but also I feel like there was a lot of missed opportunity too under the rim, like for him. I'm just saying, like, go look at the tape. I don't think anybody can yeah, stop don't him down crap there. On him after no, on, no, I'm not. I'm not crapping on him. Jeez. I'm saying there's just there's just some sometimes where like he's uh, by Jokic underneath the rim, and I think he could just do more under there. I don't think he knows he can until he goes back and watches film. Yeah. Like, all right, so in this certain situation, do this, do that. You know, just yeah, just he could have shot perfect tonight. Damn it, why didn't he? <laughs> guys, guys I, I is w- this, hey, wait, is this the yeah. first game in which Aiden has had two different and ones? Jeez, you might be right. Yeah, probably. probably. Honestly, because when the second one went down, I was like, wait, is this the first time this ever happened? So I was in the I mean, same thing. The, well, even the fact early on, he had that savage dunk that was the first and one on the pick and roll with Chris Paul. And I think what was so impressive was, with that is when he got the ball, he attacked. You could see a yeah. split second where he, you know, he was like, oh, shit, nobody's here and I've got a wide open lane. And he attacked. And, you know, instead of passing out or settling for the jumper, and I knew right there that something different was about to occur. You uh, real quick. I want to get Dent Nibble says in the in the chat jailhouse on Jefferson where the warden locks people up. There Ooh, you like go. That. That's a good man. one. Saul, like Saul being Saul one was the first them. one. <laughs> Jinx. Yes, <Yeah>, Saul. <laughs> jailhouse. Saul was um, the first inmate. He's the first inmate <laughs> in the jailhouse on Jefferson. So you know, but again, DeAndre Ayton just a fantastic job. And, and you know, to Dave's point, there's going to be adjustments moving forward. And I think that that's obviously going to be the primary adjustment that the Denver Nuggets are going to have to make is try to find ways to free up Jokic even more. You know, you did see Jokic hit a couple uh, of those three-pointers, and D.A. came up on him, and then he did the spin move and went right next to him. So expect, you know, Jokic to try to find that Mm -hmm. outside shot a little bit more in an effort to try to free up his offense a little bit more. But, uh, Dave, I'm just – Dave, I'm muting you. All right. Go yeah, ahead. There's just like, somebody right. Somebody's like, I, I see like sirens behind you or something. Somebody's, is Saul getting arrested behind you? <laughs> no, sorry, guys. I brought the wrong equipment tonight. So you can no, hear you're fine. You're, you're fine. But I, <laughs> I, but I was just saying, you know, I think that those adjustments for Jokic are going to be the primary thing that we're going to have to be ready for yeah. in the second game. Yeah, but I think Aiton will make those adjustments defensively as well because there were, were times where he gave Jokic too much space, gave him the three which which set him up but i think he'll he'll adjust too this is going to be another chess match it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. mike malone versus monty williams in in just adjusting and it's quarter to quarter and timeout to timeout i i don't think this is going to be wholesale changes are going to uh are, are going to do it you know by the way did dave look like he was calling in from the restroom at the arena yeah yeah, yeah i didn't want to say anything where are these guys calling in from come on no idea. they're finding parts of the arena a professional that people... show all right we're trying to entertain the people professional show professional man. show <laughs> you know but so so other than opportunity for deandre Ayton, what else did you see from him matthew i know you're the body language guy you like to see his aggressiveness uh, or lack thereof yeah. you know it looked like he was hunting boards uh, I did notice that there was, you know, at the beginning of the first half of the game, and tell me if you notice this, Matthew, he was letting Jokic beat him down the court. He had a whole series of Marc Gasol and Andre Drummond and not having to get back on defense every time. And Jokic took advantage of that a little bit in the yeah. first half. Do you see that? Yeah, that was part of the plan that will let Jokic get a little bit tired, right? Just let him okay. run up and down win, the floor. Win sprints. So, <laughs> yeah, but no, DA, he, he gathered himself. I think there's some possessions where he kept alive by just getting the rebound and uh, you know just finding himself underneath the basket with the ball and putting it back in. So a lot of things like that were happening for Aiden today. Those are just things that, you know, those hustle plays, 
you can tell he is there and ready to play. And that's one thing before going into the series, we knew he was ready to play. And what better way for him to like really put up great stats? And it's going to be against the MVP of the league. You know, even though Jokic is not great defensively, but it looks good for Aiton to put up those stats against a guy like Jokic who will match him with the stats, probably not assist wise, but they're going to be there battling head to head. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great series, dude. And Aiton's going to be there every night playing this well. I, one of one of the the series that really kind of was a microcosm of Aiton's game entire game was he he got got the rebound uh, kicked it out they missed it he got the rebound again he he kicked it out they missed it yeah. and he got it and he and he shot it and and made it point blank range there in the fourth and that was like that was it epitomized the hustle that he was putting in all night it was an impressive. Just uh, just night in general, energy wise, you know, the knock on him is, oh, you know, he coasts from time to time. There was no coasting tonight, nor has there been much at all in this in either of these playoff series so far. DeAndre Ayton is locked in, and you gotta love to watch it on both ends of the court. It's fantastic. It's on. It's it shocks some. It doesn't shock me. You know, I think that I've been in the camp of. The uh, the eight and apologetic camp kind of throughout the year. It's like, hey, it's the regular season, and you're you're dead right, Espo. I mean, this entire playoffs, he's been fantastic. And Matthew, you're dead right too. Like, this is going to be a really fun series to watch because the adjustment. I, you know, even at halftime, we were down by one point. I was like, you know what, the Suns might lose this game. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you this: this is fun basketball right now. Seeing yeah. the run, seeing the back and forth, seeing you know the the ability to hang with them and them to hang with us i mean this is just fun basketball to watch and then it got even real fun in that third quarter and going into the fourth quarter uh cp3 i want to bring up him up and talk about him for just a couple minutes uh 21 points on 8 for 14 shooting he had 11 assists so a double double for the point god tonight he also had six rebounds and two for three from deep and i think when he hit that first three pointer uh, i think everybody who is a suns fan just kind of had one of those just like you know, wipe your brow, get the sweat off your brow moments. Cause you're like, you know mm-hmm. what? He looks good. And then he found his mid range game and was locked the fuck in, in the fourth quarter and took the team home. And I mean, it was just fantastic to see. It gives you confidence moving forward in the series. Cause that's the X factor. The, you know, on paper, we should beat this team. We should health is always going to be the X factor in any series and seeing him come into the series and be as healthy as he is is just uh, really amped me up and got me excited. It felt like he almost pulled a little rope-a-dope, too, like where it was like, okay, uh, I'm not going to really show you what I'm capable of in this first half. I'm going to keep keep you guessing. And the second they needed it, he came through. Like, I mean, it was, you know, it, the, the Nuggets make that run in the third, and then Chris Paul was like, yeah, thanks. Now it's time for me to show you this. The shoulders actually healed surprise. Uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> and, and that was just the, you know, it was just the way he played in that, in that second half of the, uh, of the game. You know, he, he just came out, was hitting the middies, hit, hit, hit that three, like was getting to the rim, was getting assists. Like it was the Chris Paul we saw the whole year. <laughs> Uh, come back in this game and you know he did this throughout the year too there were a lot of first halves that were just pedestrian by Chris Paul and all of a sudden he turned it on so I feel a hundred percent confident in him the rest of the series after seeing what he was able to do in game one yeah have fun nuggets trying to adjust next game to cp3 actually probably being what 95 percent. he looked really good in the fourth man because he i think he found like jay crowder like five times in the row in the corner of just maneuvering the offense so tonight they they looked wide open right all these shots from the outside they're gonna probably be even more wide open if they try to adjust to cp3 and try to handle them you know in his mid-range shot even though he can get off against anybody if they're going to try to adjust to that it's going to open up even more for the rest of the team so that's going to be actually kind of exciting to see next game because like espo said yeah in the regular season he would just play like whatever in the first half and they come out and in the fourth quarter just end it like he's just on his little island in mid-range just draining shots from three and the game's over so we saw that tonight that is a really good sign for the suns team 
And I'll tell you what's a great sign for the Suns team is pure and utter balance. And again, you know, you talk about adjustments that Denver's going to have to make, and it's going to be hard for them to make a ton of adjustments because of the balance displayed by the Phoenix Suns. You had four of your five starters score 20 points or more, and Jay Crowder is the only one who didn't. He had 14 points. But here's the balance, okay? No Suns starter shot less than 12 shot attempts or more than 14. Booker had 12 shot attempts. Bridges had 12 shot attempts. Crowder and Aiton both had 13 shot attempts. And Chris Paul had 14 shot attempts. That, my friends, is balance. That is hard to beat. Yeah, yeah that's the way it's, it's been a lot, though, this year, I feel like, with the Suns. That's spread out. Yeah, I, I think that's hard to replicate throughout a seven-game series. Agreed. Like, Agreed. Uh, this, especially with, with how balanced not just the shots were, but, but the scoring in general. When you look at Bridges, 23 eight and 20 Paul and Booker each with 21. Like that's not going to be the norm in this series. At least it, it, it would surprise me significantly if that's the norm, but you also got to, got to imagine Composo having 14 points isn't going to be the norm in this series either. And Aaron Gordon with 18 when he averaged 12 last series and 10 points when he came over to the nuggets won't be, won't be, the norm in this series either it would be amazing if they could keep that balance i just don't think they will but what will happen is with cp3 showing that he can shoot again that's probably going to ease things a little bit more for devin booker as well because they can't uh, overcompensate on yeah. uh, on that so that that'll be that'll be good you'll see more offensive firepower from devin booker at some point in this series because he will be matched up against Austin Rivers and Composo. He won't always have to have that Aaron Gordon matchup that was problematic at times, especially on the defensive end. But yeah, if you can get anywhere near this balance, this is is an easy series for the Suns. I just don't think they will get towards get that balance as often as we'd like to see. And Aaron Gordon, just we talked about him really quick, like last pod, you know, kind of let him do what he wants to do. Did it kind of seem like that tonight to where he was having, he had the mismatches, but I feel like he was like the only problem for the Suns tonight in a way. And I think that's a good thing. If Aaron Gordon's going off and he's hard to stop and that's your only worry, that's good for the Suns. Yes and no. I mean, I think that that's going to be one of the adjustments that, that's, that the, uh, the Suns are going to have to make is those Booker mismatches. Having Booker guarded by Gordon and trying to guard him himself is something that, you know, if they need easy points, you want to take that away at some point. So you can throw some more doubles at him is probably what I think that they'll do. Uh, but real quick, I just want to give a shout-out to all of the Jamsters and Flaming Ballers who are watching along live. Uh, Damast One just dropped 50 bucks on the Super Chat. So cheers to you, Damast One. I'm going to drink some beer for you. <laughs> and then his money Thank and, you. and beer. I love it. Yes, and his dudeness... Uh, Drop five bucks. He says, "How about Craig's hustle?" Me, oh my! And He's I think a, that's fan. Go ahead, Espo. Talk about Tory Craig. Tory Craig's a guy I'd like to see on Aaron Gordon uh, at times, you know, and mm-hmm. and match him up because he's not going to give up the ground that that we saw. The problem is the the switching on defense uh, is how you wind up with Devin Booker mm-hmm. in that situation. At times, that's not the matchup Monty's going for. He's not going. Let's put Devin on Aaron Gordon. Uh, the The Nuggets were just really good at uh, at ro- rotating uh, their offense and, and creating those mismatches, which will be like everybody said, an adjustment uh, that Monty Williams will need to make. But man, Tory Craig, can you believe the Bucks Ooh. just gave him away? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the Bucks who, lost, who were down by almost fifty tonight <laughs> just gave away Tory Craig. Yeah. That's that all the blows gold, my dude. mind. Unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's amazing, man. And even last series, I feel like Tory Craig kind of had har- a hard time trying to find himself in that series. This series, I feel like him and Sarge, Sarge maybe not as much, but he's going to find himself. Like tonight, just the aggression, dude. He can go at that team, at that front line, whenever he wants. Because you forget how good he is around the rim, right? Trying to mm-hmm. finish. He had that and one almost. He got so upset about it because he usually can finish those around the rim. But he'll he'll get a lot of minutes in this in this series, I hope. He almost had a double-double tonight. Nine Jeez. points and eight rebounds. He was all Off over the, the place. And he did it in only 17 minutes. I mean, 
he was he was spectacular. He know, I mean, it's it's been repeated over and over. Like Reggie Miller had it on his mind or something. But Tory Craig knows this Nuggets team well. I mean, he played there for three years. As as the broadcast continued to mention over and over, he still has friends there. Surprise! You play somewhere for three years and you still have some friends there. I mean, apparently, if you're not a Morris brother, that can happen. So uh, you know, so Tory Craig just knows it and, and he's a guy that it obviously is not taking his opportunity for granted i'm excited to see what he continues to be able to do as we go along and and to matthew's point you know when you're playing the lakers and their oh their size is just massive he's not as effective but he still was effective in that series and you know there's a reason why we call him the juice or at least i call him the juice i'm probably the only one who does actually call him the juice it's because <laughs> he gets that crowd going and that's exactly what he did when when cp3 was coming down the court and tory craig was sprinting towards the the rim everyone on tv saw it and they're like dude get it to tory get it to tory and tory was looking at him he just said What's up? and then <laughs> boom just dropped the hammer. The place went wild. As Dave said, you know, the, the most impressive moment of the night was probably that alley-oop. It was kind of the exclamation point. And, we, you know, he's going to have a successful series because he has the size, because he has the hustle, and he has all the physical gifts that our boy Dario Sarge doesn't. The Sarge Smoke Break. But I'll tell you this, Dario, he tried. He tried and he looked decent tonight. You know, he had an and one where he actually dunked the ball. I don't think that was a foul, though. I think that was a foul on the rim. Am I wrong? I think he just fell. I love Dario so much. (laughs) He has a play of the the year again. Dario looks like Bambi on the ice. Uh, You know, like it has no footing. It's falling over the place. Like, I... God bless the guy, and and he he put out effort tonight. It's not that, but man, uh, yeah, it looked like somebody shot him when he went up for the dunk, and I don't think anybody really touched him. It was a, uh, it was entertaining. Yeah, I'll the, the ring got him on that one. That's what I said. I said, God bless him. Every time he does anything on the court, I'm like, like, God bless his little heart. I love Sarge. He probably has a big heart. Probably a really nice dude. And that turnaround jump shot that got yes. the roll, the bounce off the rim, that was- like. He's two for two that, on those. That was the dumbest luck I've ever seen. Well, I yeah, know, it was, he the side of the rim. Yeah, he, it was just, he did his best Booker impression Dario, as as the uh, <laughs> um, the clock the shot clock was expiring and somehow it went in. It was just like I was like, "Fuck!" You just know it's your night when Dario Sarge is hitting the fadeaway <laughs> Devin Booker, you know, eighteen footer. He did that Co- game five too. Code right? Jim in the chat with the line of the night: Dario Sarge has DeAndre Hayton's hands for feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is a that that is that is a fantastic description there. But man, I uh, yeah, he tries really really hard. And I love Chris Paul that's trying to alley oop to him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's Dario. That, seriously. I mean, he puts a smile on your face, right? Even when CP3 is trying to throw alley oops to him still twice in the game, or trying to get him the ball underneath the rim. I, I love that stuff. Keep him involved. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, we talked about adjustments, and I I, I knew Dario would get some minutes in this series uh, because they have a smaller front line and the opportunity to be there. He got nine minutes, had the five points, which we've mentioned on every way that he scored a point tonight. So, I mean, but mm-hmm. his, his transition defense, just not good. You know, there's no. a couple times where he just wasn't good in transition, was lost and left wide open shooters. And, you know, part of those runs, you know, at the beginning of the, the um, second quarter, what, he was responsible for six of those points. Because he left two guys wide open. Uh, Paul Millsap's three. He was supposed to be on him. And he's, like you said, Bambi on ice, just running down the court. So we'll see wh- what that adjustment is for Monty moving forward. Uh, but, you know, I just, you got to give love. Because Why'd you have to bring that up, Dario. dude? Now I'm upset. <laughs> Dario. <laughs> I, feel like, I, Dario. I feel like his highlight reel should be to the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Theater. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> I, look, he got it done tonight. It didn't have to be pretty, and he helped get yeah. this team a win. So congratulations, Dario. That's I'll Dario. I'll send you a couple, cu- couple extra cases of your smokes for the next smoke. <laughs> there there mm. you go. Some couple cartons of ciggies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> l- looking at Denver, you know, I think that, as uh, Dave mentioned, Espo, you're going to be going on with the Denver Stiffs guy later tonight. And I think one thing that he'll – you know, just I'm getting you prepared for that – the fouls are going to be something oh, yes. that he's definitely going to be talking about. You know, you look at total number of free throw shot. The Suns shot 20. The Denver Nuggets shot six. 
We were plus 12 at the free throw line tonight. Total fouls called 17 on Denver, 12 on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, obviously, Nikola Jokic was trying to get those calls come the fourth quarter. That's his game. You know, he likes to wear you down in the beginning of the game. And again, kudos to DeAndre. And we didn't mention he had one foul tonight. One yeah. foul on DA. It came late in the second, too, which yep. was awesome. Reggie yep. Miller pointed that out. So and I'm surprised he didn't say it Numerous seven times. times. Yes. He did. Yeah, but <laughs> that's he why we he, all remember it. He said it six. He didn't get to seven. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't kick the extra point on there. Well, it was but like Kevin th- Booker with three pointers in the regular season, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you, when you look at what Denver Nugget fans are going to be talking about tomorrow, it's just that, and we have to kind of mentally prepare for that that next game where it's going to probably even out a little bit. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the way the NBA works. We saw it in the first se- series with the Los Angeles Lakers. The Suns were not getting any foul calls in the first game. And in the second game, we got some of those calls and we actually ended up winning that game. So uh, what'd you guys see from the refs? Anything, you know, I, I hate talking about the refs, but I thought we should bring it up. Yeah. Look, you're, you're hundred percent right. I already heard it from Nuggets fans and a couple Nuggets media members that, uh, that I follow as well. Uh, you already heard the uh, boo hoo. We didn't have as many free throws. Well, guess what? Even if you had, the same exact number and you made all of them, you still would have lost this game by, uh, you know, it wouldn't have mattered in that, in that case, but I get it. And what will happen is that the free throws will shift when, when the series shifts to Denver, no longer are you playing a super team. So what will happen is the traditional, the home team gets the better calls. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I just feel like that's the way it's going to go back and forth is, is that, the Suns will get the home cooking when the crowd's there for them. The Nuggets are going to get it in Denver, and you just have to accept that that's part of the game and the way these things are called. Plus, they shot 43, so it's like you can't complain too much. And the Suns, usually when these differences are this large apart, the Suns only had 20 attempts. I feel like that's not that much, right? That's like a normal Suns game. We only get like 15 or 20 free-throw attempts a game. So it's not like we had these extra calls. I didn't notice mm-hmm. it too much. I honestly didn't watch in the game. I did not notice I thought the fouls were actually fouls so i usually will admit too if there's not a it's a no call but it was an even called game i thought well Just and the, pa- the pace of this game didn't allow for a lot of calls too i mean that's yep. the other thing this was a very fast paced game this wasn't a a methodical game like like we saw with the lakers and, and reminder anthony davis had 21 free throws by himself in a game against the late against yeah. the suns last series so 20 free throws for a whole team for the entire game not that many no it's not that much <laughs> literally the point i was just gonna make so stat me espo that was very well done um uh, tell me all right so one I got, I got two questions what are your thoughts on Compazzo and how do you say his first name facundo Frankie, isn't it Frankie? <laughs> it's like Facundo. They call him like "fuck you" or something in in the Denver, you know, because oh, the SB Nation. Fuck you. Yeah, it's I'm going to be nice. calling him that uh, as well if he keeps playing like this in the yeah. series. I mean, he's not the first Argentinian point guard. We've yeah, no shit. In the exactly. Playoffs, what I thought, but he he certainly, hopefully, will be the last and and won't last too long against this team. I mean, he stepped up. He played well, and uh, especially in that first half, and it was not something that was uh, was expected because mm-hmm. this it, everybody thought the the point guards, uh, the guards in in this uh, matchup for Denver were going to get toasted, and it didn't really happen till the second half. But I don't think that's something that will continue throughout this series. Yeah, I mean, good thing LeBron didn't move on to the next round because he had to back this guy down and <laughs> struggle with that guy because he's tiny. I mean, he probably would have given him some fits. But I thought he was a—I thought he was like a painter or like his dad's a famous painter or something like that. <laughs> Bazo. I thought he, <laughs> I don't know. originally I thought he was Italian, and then I realized no, he's too annoying. He's got to be yeah, like he's got to be Argentinian. Yeah, it's well, got to be Argentinian. <laughs> well, I mean, he had 11 points in the first half, and that's exactly what everybody was thinking. And you know, again, Reggie Miller said it 40 times. You know, he's just like, man, you know, Compasso's having this amazing game. Oh, this amazing steal by Compasso! It's like no, like DeAndre Ayton like fumbled the ball, and Compasso just happened to be the guy who got it. So he is somebody who's going to be a thorn in our sides. But you know, as you mentioned, Espo, a lot of people said coming into the series that we would have a clear advantage on the guard. Austin Rivers, I mean, he's bad. Like, Devin Booker was having his way with him early. And then, as you mentioned, the switches were happening. Mikael Bridges, he took advantage of him late. And again, shout out to Mikael Bridges. Uh, fantastic matchup for him to take advantage of. Uh, Austin Rivers is just, he's not a, he's not good. I mean, there's a reason why 
the Oklahoma City Thunder waived him earlier this season, and he didn't have a team for a month. Look, I, I don't think he's that bad. I think he's just repaying James Jones for uh, <laughs> for letting him go when they uh, when yeah. they acquired him. So when the Suns acquired him, so uh, it's just payback, really, is what I think it is. Yeah, and honestly, he last series he shot very very well against a bad defensive team. This time, it's not going to happen. And honestly, he probably won't even be on a team right now if they didn't have the injuries they had. So he's filling in right now, and he's probably going to try the best he can out there. But he's a guy that thinks he's better than he is because mm-hmm. he got that one steal. I'll bring it up again. Chris Paul just like <laughs> let him slide across the floor and just took the ball and went up yeah. the court. That was beautiful. It's like, dude, what are you trying to do over here? He was man? like on a slip and slide, you know? But I mean, yeah. that's who Austin Rivers is. You know, he's Doc Rivers' kid. He has that confidence. I mean, he was the number two overall prospect back in 2014. He played at Duke, you know, it was, it was a star at Duke. So he's always going to have confidence in himself and belief. You know, the skill isn't necessarily there. And defensively, the Suns know where they want to attack. And that's where the offense started. And then, you know, kind of continued throughout the remainder of the game with Mikhail Bridges. And ultimately, uh, uh, Chris Paul as well. I mean, they just they they carved that guy up. So, oh, I'm drop- Booker had Booker had that one move on him where Ooh. he crossed him over, spun, pulled up as as he blew by him. He's like, just, just so Kobe just right like, now. Yeah, nice try. He's so Kobe. He's so Kobe. Kobe. Everything he's doing looks like Kobe. You know, it, it really does. So uh, before we get to our jam star, this is a reminder for everybody that Sun's Jam Session podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. I'm not as creative as Espo where I can just like randomly come up with things off the cuff talking about Manscaped or Just Sports. So I made the promo myself so I don't have to say every time I do the podcast. Is it true if I mentioned that you sent me at an in-store, they throw me out, though? Yeah, is absolutely. That, is that how it works? Like, Only are you online. One those, are you one of those guys who litter this place with Sun's Jam Session <laughs> business cards <laughs> and randomly in our merchandise? Get the frick out of here. We we had to give you a discount code, so you never did that shit again in our in our store. That's exactly what happened. No, those guys are good. I was at, at the location over in Santan, uh, the, the Santan Mall, over the weekend, and some of the coolest merch I, I've seen for the Suns fans out there. So highly recommend whether you're checking it out online or going in store, check out Just Sports. Yeah, they're fantastic. And it's just it's so nice to see just that huge display when you walk in. It's I've waited so long. So many times I've had to go like try to find it in the back. And there's one hat and it doesn't. Yeah, there's fit. one hat. It's like there's upside one. down on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Somebody like, tried it on and took it off. So uh, but it is that time of the podcast. <laughs> Jam star of the game. And I think this is a really interesting jam star of the game. So if you're watching along live on YouTube, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, I there's there's you know, you could say about three or four different guys. Yeah. So Matthew, I'll start with you. Who is your jam star of the game? I think I'm just gonna go Chris Paul. He sealed the deal for the Suns. I mean, all around a great effort from everybody, right? All our starters, the bench really proved themselves tonight. But Paul just, he finished it off, dude. And he's jam-star because he was like the one question going into the series and the rest of the playoffs is how healthy he's going to be. He looked great tonight, man. I mean, I can't say it enough. So he's definitely jam-star. Okay. It's Mikhail Bridges. He had to wear extra long shorts. that he was, They were dangling so big tonight. I mean, he came through <laughs> on the defensive end uh, from three. Uh, yeah. He was cutting yeah. the hoop. Like, he did everything that you could want out of Mikhail Bridges. Uh, you know, and that's no disrespect to CB3 or Aiton tonight. You no. both had fantastic games. But Mikhail Bridges said, you know what? I heard all this talk about DA getting big money because of the first series. Back up the brink struck for me because I'm going to have a big second series. So I, I he's mine. Yeah, I really think that you're right. Like, he's like, it's my turn now. Uh, I mean, again, there's no wrong answer here. And, I'm, you know, as I'm bringing up what everybody's saying uh, along live in the chat, that's what everybody's kind of saying. It's it's Aiden, it's Bridges, it's Paul. I mean, so, Matthew, you said uh, CP3. Uh, Espo, you mm-hmm. said Mikhail Bridges. So I'll go with DA, man. I mean, flustering the MVP on a national scale. Everybody gets to, gets to see what we've already kind of seen this year when he plays against Nikola Jokic is he flusters him. He's athletic enough, uh, long enough and disciplined enough to not allow him to do everything that he wants. He, you know, again, he, he was a wash. 
he took out the MVP and matched his stats and actually had better stats than he did. And we mentioned it on our, uh, uh, what's the word? The, the last podcast, the, uh, series preview series yeah. preview, you know, I'm, and I'm bringing up the graphic for those of you who are watching this Nikola Jokic when guarded by Deandre Ayton this season was 13 for 34, which is 38%, three turnovers blocked twice, zero free throw attempts. It'll be interesting to see what those numbers are moving forward. You know, as we see the advanced stats, uh, you know, we'll be able to see tomorrow and see what it is moving forward, but the ability to neutralize Nikola Jokic in, in any game, I don't care. You know, the series is going to go 20 different ways. I mean, that's what a series is. It's highs, it's lows, it's ups and downs. The, this game personified that exact uh, existence of a series, but to do it in at least one game to where you neutralized him, like get ready for that DA love. It's coming. So that is why he is my jam star of the game. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't surprise me what D.A. did because he did it throughout. Uh, he's done it throughout his matchups with uh, with Jokic, and I hope we see this back and forth. It, it's fun to watch two great centers go at it. It, it reminds me of the game we kind of grew up on. It's not mm-hmm. the same throw mm-hmm. it in the post that it was, but you got two bigs that are skilled going at each other on both ends of the floor. It was fun. I mean, especially – when Aiton was hitting those mid-range jumpers over top of, of yes. Jokic, uh, that's I, I just love watching this. It's going to be fun watching those two guys go back and forth. All right, Russell so Van Hoos, those kids that went nuts after the alley oop. That was yes. pretty cool. There's yeah. like ten of them just going crazy. <laughs> They're going cool. crazy. That was fantastic. All right, so Dave, you're here just in time. Who is your jam star of the game? Oh man, okay, my jam star of the game has to be Chris Paul. I don't know if you guys already named him, but um, I did. The way I got yelled at for it. You got yelled at for it. No, you didn't. It's <laughs> not here. They no, Chris me. Paul. Chris Paul owned that. Owned that fourth quarter. He just decided this is. I'm. I'm still Chris Paul, and this is. This is how it's. This game is going to end. Uh, yeah, the rest of the guys actually got that nine point lead leading into the th- into the fourth quarter, but Chris Paul taking over right there, finishing everything up, finishing it off was just incredible. So did you see the pre- his post-game conference or uh, press conference? And what did he say? And tell those people to shut up. <laughs> say, just no, say, John, Bo- John Boyd tells you to shut up. And they'll be like, who? Is, da- is no. Dave in the bathroom is the question. Is Dave in the No, sorry. I'm upstairs. No, sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm not. The, Next I'm time. The media area and people are still walking by. It's hard to get a quiet spot here. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, what did Chris Paul say in the in the – session after you know what he said he said these fans are crazy he said this place is crazy and that's why they play so well and that's why they got the home court advantage i mean you guys were talking about fans just as i pop back in here every single person mikhail bridges deandre aiden devin booker chris paul they all say the fans are what's helping them uh play so well and kick off these playoff series right now the suns have always been really good on the road this year they have the most road wins in the in the in the NBA. They won two out of three in LA. They don't need the fans to win games, but it really helps make it more fun for the fans when the fans are behind them and to to win these most important ones to set the set the tone properly in the series. I think this was incredible tonight. And man, these these fans were nuts. And Mikel was even saying, you know what, even when we're down and we, we haven't made a shot in a while, we make one shot and the fans go crazy. It lifts us up. It gets ex- excited and, and starts the run because they got they were down nine or ten when that run started and um, I, I heard forty two to fourteen run that is just crazy Jeez. over a Denver Nuggets team that came in hot and had won almost as many games as the Suns and they figured out how to accommodate you know without Jamal Murray now of course now what we're going to do is we're going to hear them everyone complaining well but Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray all of a sudden now that they're not you know now if they don't win just like we heard about the Lakers if they don't win. so uh, But the Suns are just playing the teams on their schedule, and they're kicking their butts. Look, again, I, I'm i sorry if that Denver doesn't have a player. CP3 was uh, you know hampered for, for mm-hmm. the Lakers series. It, it happens. And as Suns fans, mm-hmm. we know that all too well. The Danny Mannings yeah. of the yeah. world. We're that, usually you know, suffering from those losses and saying, and we're the ones saying, we only lost because we lose these other guys. <laughs> yeah. Now it's okay to be the winner, you know? <laughs> we'll take the other <laughs> side of it for once, thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's wow. okay. Um, the other thing is uh, the continued ability for DeAndre Ayton to defend Nikola Jokic. I know you guys talked about this um, a lot tonight. I'm sure you did, but it is just incredible. And, and once again, 
DeAndre Jokic only had 22 points on 23 shots. And DeAndre Ayton only got one or two foul calls against him the whole game. Jokic was frustrated, but you know what? Jokic doesn't get a ton. We talked about this earlier. Doesn't, doesn't get a ton of foul calls. We definitely gets even less against Aiden. It was just really fun to watch. Well, on you know, on that note, I think it's we're getting ready to wrap up this version of the podcast. But uh, you know, as we look at Game Two Wednesday night, is there anything that we should be prepared for? You know, is there anything that you guys are looking for relative to adjustments? You know, we've mentioned some of them here on the pod. Uh, but you know, as, as let, let's enjoy this win. It's it's uh, you know a game, a day off, a game, a day off. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes right now. So you can't. It was actually kind of nice having a couple days off and enjoying that Lakers win. You know, you got some time to analyze it, think about it, enjoy it, and then get ready for the series. But is there anything moving forward uh, that you guys think that we should be prepared for? A big Devin Booker game in Game Two. I just feel <laughs> like uh, they'll they'll adjust. They'll find ways to get yeah. Devin those shots that he wasn't uh, getting tonight. And, and I think he'll have a, a big game in game two. Yeah. They took shots away. They, they, they schemed to take shots away from Chris Paul and Devin Booker tonight and Booker and Paul combined for 19 assists. So uh, exactly what the way um, Espo said, plus they, they gave up a ton of corner threes because they had to rotate in and tag Deandre Aiden. It's quite on his roles. It's quite possible. They'll let Aiden score more. Or have more opportunities to score, like the Lakers did, and guard the three-point line better because you know, it's better to give up two than three. So uh, we might see some adjustments similar to what the Lakers did. The problem for the Nuggets is they're not as good on defense as the Lakers were, so it's going to be tough for them to make all the adjustments. But that would that's what I would expect is the Suns won't get so many wide-open corner threes, and Aiton might get a few more uncontested layups. Yeah, and honestly, if the Suns could just find a way. To stop Austin Rivers, that would be nice. <laughs> we actually talked about him for like 20 minutes, I feel like, on this pod, which is way more than it should be. <laughs> you did? No. Yes, no. sorry. No. <laughs> another, no, another, game, another game two prediction. I think Dave's going to see Guy Fieri in the media room critiquing the food. That's a game game two lock for you. <laughs> hey, he can put it on the board. Critique it any time. Diners, drive-ins, and Dave's. That's what we're going to have. <laughs> let's bring it oh bring it. man well on that note ladies and gentlemen we're going to wrap things up i did want to say that you know a game four which is going to be occurring at 5 p.m on sunday we will be broadcasting live from the four peaks tap room in tempe arizona so if you get a chance come down hang out with us make sure you res- make a reservation because that place will be popping they do four dollar suns brews there to celebrate it's sun brew but they call it suns brew during the game so again that's where we're going to be broadcasting from so come join your homies the sun solar panel and the sun's jam session for that game uh i i think that's everything dave's gone he- he's out so you know <laughs> No Dave, no dice. Ghosts. He's, he's he he gone. He's just Kaiser Sose to us. So this reminder to everybody again who's watching along live, please hit the subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button. Helps with the algorithms and science and such. Let's everybody know where they can find the best Phoenix Suns content on the interwebs. If you are listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave a five star uh, review via Apple Podcasts, we'll actually read it live right here on the show. And I'm. Let's see what the heck. All right. I'm going to read some because we have some. Uh, one second, folks. This is great radio television stuff. If you provide me one for the next post game, I'll read it as Lon Babby. That's, uh, that's what I'll do for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'll read this. these two. I got two here. I'll read these as Kermit the Frog. How's that? Oh, okay. Please do. All right. <clears throat> this is Ugh, from. I don't like this. I, I hate these impressions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'll, I can't I'll do, do the Kermit the Frog. I know. You and Shannon both <laughs> hate it freaking hate it um so this no. is this is it's called why it's a five-star podcast from fines one two four seven six zero miss piggy super cool dudes i can't do it <laughs> started watching you guys after the bubble made this season even better cannot wait to see the future has in store for our phoenix suns rally the valley baby and then i'll do the best uh, podcast out there from sad amo 13 in Peter Griffin voice. Oh my God. 
my first podcast review, and this is honestly the only one I will regularly regularly listen to. <laughs> so much passion and fun. Go Suns. Hashtag BDB and a hashtag BPP. That's Big Dick Booker and Big Penis Paul. <laughs> Did you put LOL on those laughs or what? No, I just I no. I love st- your impressions. It's the Kermit the Frog that? one. Sometimes it makes me feel weird. I don't know what it is. I it's love not that. you, John. I love I love that you went. Uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. They were they were calling me Peter Griffin when I didn't oh have I remember the beard. that yeah oh, when I you love, when you shaved the beard that. that's right thank God this thing's back my best friend so. yeah you know it's been a good playoff run for the beard you know Matthews is growing out yours is growing out mine's staying where it was wait, so. wait, Matthews growing one yeah yeah you you can see it whistling in the wind right here see that <laughs> we've officially oh. gone off the rails ladies and gentlemen so uh, Espo any parting words before we take off tonight. Yeah, uh, let's get this thing back on the rails before uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> Amen. Not gonna Amen. happen. Matthew, uh, everyone, go home and love your family. All right, we shall. And again, thank you to Zane Zor for this little dude, this little ditty right here called "Mug the Nugs." I want to hear you scream "Mug the Nugs, Mug Mug the Nugs, Mug the Nugs, Mug Mug the Nugs, Yeah, Mug the Nugs, Mug Mug the Nugs." Mug, mug, the nugs. Yeah. Mug, the nugs. Mug, mug, the nugs. Hey.